0: Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast by Ubis Partners. I'm your host, tonight. Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicole. And it's our show, we're talking about upgrading your own home versus investing in property. Which one is going to be right for you? And I saw a really good message in on Instagram from Samantha, who said, I've read all of your stuff. I've read your books. I've listened to all of the podcasts. And no matter how much research I do, I really struggle with one question. So here's her situation. I want you to listen closely. So she's currently in the starting blocks. She's purchased her owner-occupier starter home in Mount Wellington, which is in Auckland. She did it with her husband in 2021. And she said, we've been aggressively paying down the mortgage, and now we've got enough equity where we could immediately purchase a new-build investment property, likely a two-bedroom townhouse in Christchurch. But we're also quickly outgrowing our starter home. So we've got two kids. Or we've had two kids since moving in. She's been very busy. <laughs> <I was laughs> just about to say <laughs> that. Get a TV, thing. Get Netflix. We've been busy <laughs> in the last two years, so, so that's terrible. And she says we know in about two years' time we're going to need to upsize. So here's the conundrum: if we buy the investment property now, it will impact our upsize move. But if we wait to buy our first investment property until after we upsize, it's going to take another five or even more years to build up enough equity to get in that position again. She doesn't have the option not to upsize. She really needs that extra space for her kids. So what is the right strategy? Could she do it both ways? So Andrew, is there a way to upgrade her own house and buy an investment property at the same time?
1: Well, firstly, Samantha, well done on actually getting your first home and aggressively paying down your mortgage before, before having kids. like that That is an awesome feat in itself.
0: It makes us feel really good when somebody emails in like this. It's like, I've read the book. I'm actually following this strategy. And I'm like, this is really cool. You're going to do really well. I love
1: it. And look, the reason you're not going to find this advice on the book is because I'm about to suggest that you break all the rules we talk about in the book and on the show. (laughs) Um, Now, in this situation, you really want to upgrade your personal home and you really want to buy an investment property. And so then, then it's really hard to decide which is the better option. And if it was me, This is what I would do in the situation. And the disclaimer here is, this might not be right for you. So I'm not saying this is my financial advice, go out and do it, because that's personalised financial advice, and you need to actually see a financial advisor about that. But here's what I would do. I would buy the investment property today. Then in two years, when you need to upsize, wait for it, I want you to turn your home into an investment property. So
0: wait, you're telling me, you've spent the whole show last four and a half years to so expect, no, don't, don't turn your own home into an investment property. It's a terrible idea. But you're saying that you would go
1: and turn that home into an investment property. Then what do you do? Yes, look, I'm, I'm not saying this is a long-term strategy. Go and rent somewhere that's right for you for the short term. And this is going to be a temporary solution while you build up your equity to buy a bigger house. So when I looked at your message, the two most important things were getting a bigger house and buying an investment property. Now, you didn't say you have to own your bigger house. And and for any long term listeners, you will know that, you know, I think owning your own house when you don't need it is, is just unnecessary. It's easy, unnecessary money. So this might be something you're willing to compromise on so that you can get two bites of the cherry.
0: So just to confirm the strategy, you reckon buy the investment property today in two years, go and find somewhere that's bigger to rent that fulfills all of your criteria, move into that, and then turn your own home into investment property. So effectively, you're renting, but you have the two investment properties. Correct.
1: Because it's a temporary solution. It's, it's funny. I, there's an investor that I'm working with in Christchurch at the moment, um, and they they want to be in um, good school zones for their kids because they live out my direction, Sumner, which is really bad for school zones when it comes to secondary uh, to high school. And so... What I said to them, exactly the same thing. They want to stay in Sumner, but they can't. They don't want to send their kids to private school because it's really expensive. So should we buy in school zones? Absolutely not. If this is just going to be for the next few years while you get your kids in the right school and then move back out to Sumner, go and rent something and rent your house out in the meantime. Use it as a bridge. Now, it's really important to understand the pros and cons of this. Now, the pro,
0: if you follow that strategy, is you are going to get that bigger house for your family because you could go and rent wherever you want. You're going to get the investment property you want as well. And the other pro is you're still going to be in the property market and have two houses potentially going up in value. If you just went and bought a bigger house, well, you wouldn't have two properties. You'd just have the one. Now, the con of this is you don't actually own that bigger home straight away. You've got to rent. But over, over time, what you'd be aiming to do is building up more equity, paying down some more debt and then eventually being able to sell your current home and go and buy that bigger property. But the benefit is that you've got two properties going up in value over the next couple of years rather than just the one. Now walk us through the timeline of how this would work, Andrew. Okay.
1: So you start by buying the investment property. And remember, if you want to buy an investment property, we find and sell investment properties here at Opus Group. Some people don't know that, so just want to point that out. And You do this because you can afford that now. The bank's are going to lend you the money to do that now and we're at a good time in the market. Now, two years in, you find a place to rent that's suitable for your family and you rent out your current home. Now, you can go find somewhere to rent that meets all of your needs, a bigger house in the right area, and it shouldn't really change your finances too much because, yes, you're paying rent, but someone else is also paying rent to live in your house, so you might rent your place out for $700 a week, just made up numbers. And you might find the perfect family home for $900 a week. So you're only talking about an extra $200 a week. And something that's interesting is if you were to go and buy that that bigger property anyway, the
0: extra interest cost was probably gonna be bigger than that extra 200 bucks a week anyway. So you might actually end up better off from a cash flow perspective than you would have otherwise been.
1: Yeah, and as time goes on, you will have continued to pay down your personal mortgage even though it's rented out at the moment, your house value goes up, and then you can sell your home that you're currently in at the moment, take the cash out and put a big deposit down on your bigger family home. Now, a couple of things to think about. Uh, You want to be split banking from the start
0: using this strategy, because once your new build becomes an existing property, you buy it, then it becomes an existing property, you need a higher deposit. And what you don't want to have happen is if you're just with the same bank, uh, when you go to sell your current home, you might find that you don't have enough deposit to go and buy that bigger house. So that's something to think about. But I also want to mention when the strategy might not work. So if your own home that you're currently in is a really, really bad rental property, so I know you're in Mount Wellington, but let's say you actually lived in a, in a very rural town, you might struggle to find a tenant with the property or if you lived on a farm or something like that. So that wouldn't work, this strategy wouldn't work for everyone. Uh, It also might not work if you can't actually find a suitable rental property to move in in the meantime. And again, that's probably more likely to happen in in small towns. I mean, in Auckland, you've got hundreds of thousands of rental properties out there. uh, So you should be able to find something that's going to meet your needs. Uh, And the good thing about about in Auckland, those higher value properties, properties, those bigger properties that it sounds like you want to move into, generally they're quite low yielding. So you'd probably be able to get quite a good deal. Yeah. I always think, gosh, if you you move into a bigger rental property and it's an expensive house and uh, average yield in, in Auckland is about 3.2%, especially for those larger houses, sounds like an absolute bargain to me. Um, so in Auckland, it shouldn't be too much of an issue. Uh, the other place where it might not work is if you can't get your partner on board, Um, So some people really have this desire to live in a home that they own. For them, it's more important that they own the house they live in as opposed to owning more rental properties. Break up with them.
1: (laughs) Well, (laughs) Andrew, you… Not personalised financial advice. You, me, and
0: Samantha probably (laughs) would say, well… I'm just going to go rent. What do I care? (laughs) My goal is to build an investment portfolio, and this is a temporary measure. But if you can't get your husband on board, then that could be a bit of a deal breaker. But I love this question because there is often a bit of a trade-off between buying the biggest family home possible and investing in property, because it's all about how much debt can you get out of the bank. And there is all of us are going to reach a limit at some point. And if we take out a massive mortgage against our own home, we might not have enough income to get a mortgage for an investment property. And so I'm really glad that you're thinking about this, but there is a way to get both the investment property and live in a bigger house. The trade-off is that you just won't own it straight away. Mm. You might need to wait a couple of years.
1: But again, well done on um, getting on the property ladder and paying down your debt and considering an investment property, whether you do it now or later, I think it's great. And, And thanks for supporting us by reading all of our content. And if you do want to buy a new build investment property like you're talking about,
0: remember you can always come see us here at Opus Partners. We do find new build investment properties for Kiwis. Right, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. really does help us get the message out to more people. Thanks for listening to the Property Can Be Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Knight, And I'm Andrew Nichol. We're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.